afternoon. Rob Porter on 970 WDYAM, 93.1 FM. Welcome to your noon hour. And happy Friday. Nathiel, happy Friday to you. I love Friday. Friday's so good. It's the best. We, uh, State Senator Ray Holmberg is going to be on the program. A story that broke shortly after yesterday's show uh, regarding this anti-tobacco agency. It was created by taxpayers uh, back in 2008. We talked about it on the show a little bit yesterday. Uh, created by taxpayers back in um, 2008, I believe, uh, by through a ballot measure. The legislature uh, basically cut it out earlier this year. Uh, but as the agency was shutting down, uh, their employees got big, big bonuses, roughly twice the size as the buyouts other state employees got earlier this year. Uh, so we'll talk with uh, Senator Ray Holmberg. He's one of the lawmakers blowing the whistle on this. He's the chairman of the Appropriations Committee. Senator Holmberg uh, is a Republican from Grand Forks. Uh, that'll be at 1230. Uh, also, we'll have the rundown a little bit later in the program. Uh, until I went to the movies last night. And uh, I went and saw that new Matt Damon movie, Suburbicon. Oh, I heard it. I, I heard it was not getting very good reviews. It's it's Yeah, it's not good. Is it terrible? It's really bad. Like, it's it, it was billed as a comedy. Right, it was supposed to be like sort of like a dark comedy because it's—I mean, it's murder and stuff like that, and, and racism, and I mean a lot of ugly topics. It's—it's it's not funny. Like I, I guess that there was—it was supposed to be funny. Like it was when I was buying the tickets, it was listed as a comedy. You know, I—I I had high hopes for it. Um, because it looks good. I—I I mean, just just sort of th- thematically, like like it looks good. Um, the setting is really good. It's it's sort of supposed to be one of those, and it's I mean there's there's a lot of films in this genre, and I'm and now I'm trying to think of other ones, and I can't. It's it's sort of like a Stepford Wives type thing, right? Where you have, um, you know that that sort of idealistic 1950s slash 1960s facade, right? Where everybody's happy and everybody's sort of you know corn fed. You know oh, what I mean? It's kind of like a dystopian film. Uh, a little bit. I mean, it's like a, it's a fake utopia, right? Right. So, so Suburbicon is is like is is literally it, it's obviously very obvious a, a not very subtle allusion to suburban America, right? And then you know the cookie cutter houses and you know the wives making cookies and the kids out playing baseball and and the men the men folk you know drinking scotch and you know all that stuff, right? Like it's. It's it's that very sort of cliched view of suburban 1950s 1960 America, but then it's supposed to show a darker side, which which to begin with is not exactly a groundbreaking thing. Like there's been so much done in that sort of genre of the darker side of the 1950s 1960s era perfection, right? You know, behind all those goofy smiles were people who were suffering, people who were angry, people who weren't being treated well. And this is supposed to do that, uh, but it's like it's it's. There's nothing particularly funny. There's nothing particularly interesting. As a matter of fact, if you've seen the trailer, you've seen the movie. I mean, it's it's this this thing's about an inch deep. It was really unfortunate because it. I mean, it had had good acting in it. I mean, Matt Damon. I, I usually enjoy. Um, and now I'm forgetting the redhead actress in it. Oh my gosh, how can I not forget her? I just completely blanked her name. I can't remember her name at all. Uh. All right. Now I'm going to have to Google it because this is bug- bugging me. All right. 
well, I don't know. I can't remember her name, but the movie stinks. I wouldn't bother going to see it. Julianne Moore. That's it. Oh, okay. <laughs> She's in it. Like, Oscar Isaac is the the one good Oscar Isaac plays um like an insurance claims investigator. He's very very good. Um I enjoyed I enjoyed his uh, portrayal. He's also from um, Inside Llewellyn Davis. He's in uh uh he's in Drive. He's been in a few other movies. I I thought he was good. Um outside of that, I I don't know. I, it was uh it was a cruddy movie overall i wouldn't bother and we're not going to talk about it anymore 701-293-9000-888-970-9329 email talk at wday.com uh, there is one movie i wanted to see i was a choice between this one and another movie um thank you for your service is out uh that's the movie it's about the uh ptsd you know soldiers coming home from the home and, and ptsd based on a based on a book that looks really really good so i kind of wish i'd gone to that one instead I thought Suburbicon would be good, despite the reviews. I don't always trust the reviews. Well, and right? it's hard to trust the reviews, especially on movies that get a little bit weird like that. I mean, the reviews... You get for, a little bit out of the mainstream. Yeah, because yeah. the reviews for Lucy were not very good, but I very much enjoyed Lucy. Yeah. Also, I think sometimes my tastes just don't match up with, you know, what's going on with the uh, with the reviewers or whatever. Uh, so, yeah, so did that. That was a lot of fun. Um also uh, looking for Stranger Things 2 is out for this weekend. Well, it started today between Stranger Things 2 and... I got the alert on my phone last night that it was available, oh. like like at midnight or something. I was still up reading. Oh, I bet. Yeah, I bet it I bet it hit about midnight. I've got between I was, that and I Mario was Odyssey. I preloaded Mario Odyssey on my Nintendo Switch, and that's waiting for me when I get home, so... I was excited about... I was tempted to begin it, but then I thought... You knew you'd if never I start it, If I start it, I'm not stopping. Uh, okay, so what else is going on? Oh, this JFK stuff dropped today. I was really excited for these JFK files. Have you like read a lot of them? What's that? Did you read a lot of it? Oh, I, I started to. I mean, there's a lot there. There's like, what, I think close to like 3,000 pages or records or something like that. Um, so there's a lot there. I've just, mostly I've been following kind of the headlines. I haven't really had time to look at it myself. But really, I, I, don't, I don't know that there's a lot that's really all that interesting coming out at this point. And I, I kind of wondered if that would be the case because there's been so many outlandish conspiracy theories about JFK and the assassination and all that. It, it kind of almost makes like like when factual things come out, they're almost kind of a letdown. There's still a lot to go through. Maybe there's more coming out, but I, I don't know. I was looking at there was this Washington Post article about some of the stuff, and they had a they had a rundown of of what they called uh, the wildest JFK files. Uh, so one was they had like a 1964 FBI memo where they were met with Cuban exiles to, to put a price on the head of Fidel Castro and, and Raul Cal, uh, Castro and, and Che Guevara. Uh, and they, they arrived at a price of $100,000. Uh, 100000 for Fidel, 20000 for Raul, and 20000 for Che. Which twenty thousand? Che could probably get that with like royalties from his image all over all those college t-shirts. <laughs> um, and then there was another one. Uh, oh, like sex parties. I th- and this was. I mean, this was because like you. I think that was the other thing, right? Like, oh, was was JFK in in sex parties? So here's here's the Washington Post report about this because that's salacious, right? Oh, presidential sex parties with Frank Sinatra and Sammy Davis Jr. Right? Like and Marilyn holy cow. Monroe and right. So here, here's what the here's what the uh, the Washington Post reports. A 1960 memo described a quote high-priced Hollywood call girl who was approached by 
uh, Fred Otash, a well-known uh, Los Angeles private investigator seeking information about sex parties involving then-Senator John F. Kennedy, his brother-in-law, actor Peter Lawford, Frank Sinatra, and Sammy Davis Jr. So, I mean, right there, you're like, whoa, right? I mean, this is sort of one of those conspiracy theories. But here's here's what the memo says. Quote, she told the agents that she was unaware of any indiscretions. <laughs> See, and it's, you know, between things like that and the fact that, you know, there there were still documents withheld. Ooh, what are they withholding now? Yeah. Yeah. Well, because well, I guess Trump, like, caved at the last minute. Like, we were going to release everything. And then the CIA and the FBI leaned on him or something. And then now there's not more stuff coming out, which is just going to be more conspiracy mongering. Like, okay, what are they hiding now? Well, and what they've said about what they're hiding is basically it's just some stuff that may come close to identifying, not necessarily the specific informants now, but the families of those informants who helped bring this case to a close. Yeah, but the conspiracy people are just going to say, yeah, right. Oh, I know. I know. Absolutely. Yeah, right. We're covering up because the CIA killed JFK or something like that. That's what it'll be. So, I don't know. Do you really think if the CIA killed JFK, President Trump would have not let that come out and not taken immense credit for bringing truth to I think, that? I think a lot of times we overestimate the government's ability to keep things secret, right? I mean, if there's truly, truly, like, hugely salacious stuff out there, I don't have a lot of confidence that the government's sitting on it, right? Although this 1960s stuff that's like paper files and drawers is about the only stuff that's not getting hacked anymore. So I guess there's that. 701-293-9000, Email talk at WDAY.com. We'll be back right after this. Don't go away. There was a time I couldn't move. There was a time I couldn't breathe. The crowded space is filled with angry faces. It didn't once cross my Welcome back, Rob Port, 970 WDAY AM, 93.1 FM, 701-293-9000, 888-970-9329. Email talk at WDAY.com. I just feel so let down. The movie I went to last night sucked. I wake up this morning, the FBI, the uh, these Kennedy assassination documents are kind of a big nothing. Here, this is, uh, here, you'll like this, though. This is from the end of the Washington Post. Sorry, I'm reading about these documents, Satil. Subheadline, and the J- and JFK's real killer was, uh, the article says, the records also reveal a deposition given before the Presidential Commission on CIA Activities in 1975 by Richard Helms, who had served as the agency's director. After a discussion of Vietnam, David Bellin, a, an attorney for the commission, turned to whether the CIA was involved in Kennedy's killing. Well, now, the final area of my investigation relates to charges that the CIA was in some way conspiratorially involved with the assassination of President Kennedy. During the time of the Warren Commission, you were deputy director of plans. Is that correct? Bellin asked. After Helms replied that he was, Bellin then asked, is there any information involved with the assassination of President Kennedy, which in any way shows that Lee Harvey Oswald was in some way a CIA agent or agent? Then suddenly the document breaks off. It's a conspiracy, Natil. It is now. 
or it's incompetence and somebody lost it. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? This stuff is such a rat's maze. We'll never really know. There will there will never be a silver bullet in this thing. There will never be enough information available to deter the conspiracy theorists. I mean, there you know there are people that don't believe that we made it to the moon. There yeah. are people that still believe the Earth is flat. Despite the fact, like on the moon, there's little, there's like a mirror that you could bounce, like scientists could bounce lasers off. of. You can bounce it. lasers off of it if you it, like. You can get a powerful yeah. enough laser pointer, and if you're accurate enough, you can bounce it off. Right? Yeah. I mean, there's there's a reflective mirror up there. You could bounce lasers off it. Scientists use it. I, I I think it's to measure like the moon's orbit or something like that. But yeah, it's there. It's there. You can. I mean, verifiable proof that we're up there. I, I once read something interesting that said, like, if, if humanity, like, if we got hit by a big meteor, like, tomorrow, the one, like, person on Earth's name who would probably last the longest would be Richard Nixon's, because his name's on the plaque up <laughs> up on the moon. Oh, up on the moon. Yeah. Yeah. Richard Nixon's name's up there on the plaque on the moon. They'll be there forever. <laughs> or as long as the moon lasts, I guess. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. I don't know about this conspiracy theory stuff. I mean, do, do people buy this stuff still? I mean, it's it's fun, right? I mean, I, I guess it's like the movies are fun. I thought Oliver Stone's movie about JFK, although crazy, was fun. Uh, I also liked the Seinfeld part of it where they, you know, I used that Seinfeld episode with the spitting incident where they have like the magic spit gobulet and they remake like the JFK scene with back it to the left with the bullet scene. Did you ever see that Oliver Stone movie, JFK? I didn't, and I ever didn't. I never watched Seinfeld either, so I'm what completely the... useless to you right now. <laughs> this is terrible. You, you're not getting any of my cultural references. The JFK movie was good. I like a good conspiracy theory because I think they're entertaining, but I think there's a point at which it's just, come on, the simplest explanation is is probably the true one. Rarely are things as complicated as they seem. And also, like I was saying before the break, I think we overestimate the government's competence in being able to keep secrets like this, right? I mean, there's all those, you know, the government did this, the government did that. There's all these secrets. Uh, I don't think the government's actually that good at keeping secrets. I just don't. I don't. Well, they certainly aren't now, that's for sure. I think the government, yeah, well, that's for sure. We've reached the age of WikiLeaks. Yeah. Yeah, all this stuff. None of this stuff's going to be possible anymore. None of it is, you know, especially because like a plot, like if, if, if the JFK assassination happened today, Lee RV Oswald probably had been talking about it on his Facebook page, right? Or making like, some sort of cryptic message. I mean, killers right. want the, the glory and the fame. I wonder what it is about this stuff that just fascinates people for so long. I, I guess, I mean, it was a shocking moment. I mean, like Lee Harvey Oswald got killed live on television. Right. I mean, just like that was a shocking moment. Like everybody was watching. Everybody was paying attention. The president had been killed. And uh, then Lee Harvey Oswald gets killed. And, you know, it happened live on television. And I, I don't know if that just left a, a indelible mark on the nation's psyche that people just are never are just endlessly fascinated about this. I'm fascinated about this. I was excited about this, even though it turned out to be a big fat nothing. Uh you know, mm, I was excited burgers. about this stuff. Yeah. You know, it's interesting, too, where all the people who talk about going back and, like, like trying to stop the JFK assassination. I mean, that's like a whole sh- subgenre of, like, fiction and television. Stephen King did one not that long ago. 
It's always going back to stop the JFK assassination or going back to kill Hitler. Or to kill Hitler. Those are the two things. Yep. Right. I wonder what the new, like, like what's, what's like the more modern, like, we're, eventually we're going to have another, like, go back and, like, stop something from happening. I wonder what the new, like, stop Kennedy from being assassinated or, and or assassinate Hitler. Um, I wonder what the new, if, if we'd have that moment, like, go back and just stop something from happening. I don't, I'm, I'm trying to think of one. I can't really think of one. Caller, Scott, you're on with Rob Port. What's going on? Hey, Rob. Okay, you're speaking of conspiracy theories, you know, with the current events of this FBI informant. Um, I can't stop thinking about that. It's like a Vincent Foster type of situation. I hope that this guy has got a lot of protection right now. Who's Now, who's that, Scott? You, you blanked out there a little bit. Who is that you're saying has got a lot of protection? This FBI informant right now for, uh, you know, this... Uh, the Russia deal. Oh, yeah. And, and, and the Vince Foster, you remember what happened to him or a conspiracy theory anyway? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's always a lot of conspiracies. Thanks for the call, Scott. There's always a lot of conspiracies about stuff like that. And, you know, I don't know. It's hard to say. Uh, I guess I guess I missed the obvious one until you and I were talking about, like, what's the historical, modern historical moment that somebody go back in time and stop? 9-11. 9-11. Yeah. Our Fargo City Commissioner, Tony Garrick, just told me on, on Facebook. Oh, see, like, I 9-11, idiot. Like, oh, yeah. Absolutely. Right. That, Go that back would... in time and stop that. I thought, like, the Boston Marathon bombing. I mean, I, I don't know why I'm blanking on this stuff. All sorts of shit. The Las Vegas shooting, the Orlando nightclub shooting. There's all sorts of stuff we could go back time and hopefully stop oh, now I... that we know the, uh, the identity of the people who did it. I would totally want to go back and stop the, um, the Batman movie shooting. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, That's, okay. I thought I thought you were going to say the Batman movie. Oh no 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 no! You paused. You paused for a minute. And I was like, "Wow, Mateel, we're talking about terrorist attacks, and you want to stop bad cinema?" That's no, I, I want I want to stop that particular shooting. And it's you know, yeah. in the grand scheme of the mass shootings that our country has been through, it definitely isn't you know the worst. But it changed the way that fans get to see movies now. We don't get we don't yeah. get midnight releases anymore. You don't get to go stand in line for you know, six, 12, yeah. 24 hours hyped up about going to see this movie because the shows start re- start showing at about 7 p.m. the night before and they stagger it out over the whole night so that nothing like that could ever happen again. Which is, I think that's a shame because, I, I mean, I listen, I want, I want showings. I, I, on, they- on, yeah, on one hand, like, I mean, I don't want anybody to be hurt, but I, I don't think we should stop living our lives that way. I mean, we're always... We're always taking these knee-jerk responses to, like, the last horrible thing that happened, and we think that we can make ourselves safer by addressing the circumstances of that incident. And, I mean, do you think that's really making us safer? I mean, people gather in, in places all the time. I mean, I don't know. I remember the, the, the one midnight showing I went to when uh, Jurassic Park came out. I went to with my parents to a midnight showing. That was awesome. I went to several midnight showings for Harry Potter movies. Stood outside for one of them. It was in... November, it was snowing, it was blizzarding, I was bundled up and frozen, but I was out there for like eight hours. And that memory, you'll never forget that. Absolutely not. We react stupidly to these things sometimes. All right, State Senator Ray Holmberg is going to be on next. We're going to talk about these uh, pension, they're not pensions, uh, severance packages for Breathe ND employees. More to come straight ahead on the Rob Report. Don't go away. Says the ball.
Welcome back, Rob Port, 970 WDYAM, 93.1 FM, 701-293-9000, email talk at WDAY.com. Those are your call-in numbers. Yesterday, news broke uh, that lawmakers were unhappy with some $400,000 in severance payouts to nine, just nine employees from the Center for Tobacco Prevention and Control Policy, also known as Breathe ND. Uh, that's a state agency that the legislature actually shut down, but on the way out the door, some folks got some golden parachutes. Here to talk with me about it, State Senator Ray Holmberg, of, uh, Chairman of, of the Appropriations Committee. Senator Holmberg, how are you? Yes, how are you? I'm uh, I'm doing fine. I, I tell us what happened here. I mean, what? Give us give us a, give us an overview of of what's got the lawmakers upset. Okay. Um, okay. Um, I have to sign something. I'm sorry. The mailman is here, having me uh, sign something. <laughs> all right, Senator. Okay. Uh, when, whenever you're done. Okay. Whoops! And I threw everything. That's all right. Okay. Anyway, that's... <laughs> Everything happens at once. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, sorry about that. No problem. Okay. Whenever you're ready. Okay. Uh, I I didn't hear you. Okay. Well, I, I, busy, busy. I'm asking what's what's we're talking about these severances from uh, Breathe ND, right. the Breathe ND employees. What's what's got lawmakers so upset? Well, first of all, it's the uh, the size of the payouts uh, that they gave each other, uh, particularly when it is an agency that one, just one of the reasons, but one of the reasons it was eliminated by the legislature is because of how reckless they were with with money. If you recall, the um, Breathe ND was part of a, was created by an initiated measure uh, back in 2008. And your listeners might say, well, if it was so bad, why didn't you do something about it, you know, in 2010, 12, 14, whatever. Well, the challenge was, because it was an initiated measure, it took two-thirds of the legislature to make any changes. So until the 2017 session, uh, we couldn't do anything about it without a two-thirds vote. And we could never get a few Democrats and every Republican to support it. So, let, let me ask you, so, so so what happened with these severances? I mean, who exactly, because I understand there's like an advisory board and an executive committee. Who exactly approved these severances? Was it the employees at the agency themselves? Did the people approving the severances also get severances? Yeah, the, um, the, the employees received the severances from their, you know, coordinating folks. Remember, the initiated measure set them up as kind of above the law. I mean, that's being a little crude, but it is true. They had their own rules, and the initiated measure allowed this uh, large amount of taxpayer money or money that came into the state to um, spend it as they saw fit. And that rankled the legislature, but again, until 2017, it took two-thirds vote to make changes. And keep in mind one other thing, that both Governor Dalrymple and Governor Burgum both recommended that 
the agency be eliminated because it's duplicative of the health department, uh, two separate administration uh, streams, and the health department could do as good a job. Keep in mind, there will still be a uh, tobacco program in the state of North Dakota, tobacco cessation, because we are required to, and some of the, I mean, much of the money comes from the federal government, which they borrow, as we know, from someone else, but it comes into the state, and then tobacco settlement money um, continues to come into the state, and that partially is used to defray the costs of tobacco cessation. So we have to have a program. It's just under Breathe ND, we had two separate administrative uh, costs running programs, one in the health department, one in the um, Breathe ND. Sure. Well, let me let me oh, ask you this question because I'm I'm, re- I'm reading the article from John Hageman. He he sort of broke this news yesterday. Uh, he quotes Dr. Eric Johnson, who served on Breathe ND's advisory board and executive committee. He said that they consulted with OMB and an attorney and that they were, quote, well within the parameters of the state law regarding such packages. Uh, he said the agency was a good steward of its fund, uh, noting that North Dakota was one of two states to fund anti-tobacco programs at centers uh, recommended by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Uh, Johnson says, I quote, these employees were a little bit different because they weren't offered voluntary retirements. We just looked at the guidelines and gave them what we were able to. So his claim is what they did was perfectly legal. So what's the problem? Is the argument that he's making? Uh, the argument that he's making is, is correct. They did not break the law. But when you look at other separations that occurred within state government, you know, because we downsized in state government, it was typically a, a three-month window um, and, <clears throat> and uh, severance pay. Uh, and I believe the, the folks in Breathe ND averaged over $44,000 as a severance pay. But the other state employees who who left state employment, because some other jobs were eliminated, uh, they averaged about 19000 And place that on top of the egregiously high salaries that they were paying themselves. Uh, you posted, for example, the salaries of those folks. And, and I'm not suggesting that they weren't hardworking people and were certainly passionate about what they believed in, but uh, they paid themselves very well compared to practically all other state employees because they could set their uh, pay because they had control over their money because the initiated measure gave that to them. 701-293-9000, email talk at wdayy.com. Do you think we learned a little bit of a lesson from this? Because yeah. I, 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 think, I think that this was sort of a unique experiment in state government where we took – essentially what was a, a, a sort of activism enshrined it in state government as its own sort of, of agency with its own sort of revenue stream, the spending of which they were, you know, mostly in, you know, almost unilaterally in control of. And I, I really think it ended badly with, with really not the sort of impact I think on smoking rates that, that maybe they like to believe us there was uh, like us to believe there was. Well, there, there have been, I mean, I, I will not defend who did it, but
but there's less smoking going on today than there was 10 years ago. But I think one of the factors there that has to be put in the mix of discussion is the fact that there's no longer smoking in public buildings, in bars, and in uh, uh, restaurants and places like that, which I think made a difference to a number of folks regarding smoking. So, yeah, they might have had an impact, but the health department also was involved in tobacco cessation. There's no way to say which agency did a better job, but now we know we're only paying for one administrator, one administration, and they are on the regular state employees' salaries, not the salaries that they were able to pay themselves because they had a lot of money. I never saw this as a public health initiative. I always saw this as a jobs program. Is that unfair of me? Mm. Well, then you're putting yourself in the mind of what the voters said, because remember, it was a voter-initiated thing. Well, the voters get things wrong sometimes. Well, we find that out from time to time. And, uh, of course, the legislature uh, gets criticized when we uh, go in and make changes. Uh, But... Sometimes they have to be done. Um, so, yeah. Well, well, I mean, you can argue it was a jobs program, and I can't argue that it wasn't, because it certainly did a good uh, a good turn for nine people. Yeah. Well, Senator, one, one last question before we go, and, and i, I got to keep you real short. Some are saying that it's the legislature's fault that, 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 that they were able to do this out the door. Why didn't the legislature put inside place some provision to cap these, these severances? We never had had the experience, with the exception, remember, there was a discussion about bonuses that were given by Governor Dalrymple to some of his staff, but it was just something that hadn't occurred before. Most agencies, you know, are are pretty good stewards of the taxpayers' dollars. This one had a track record, I think, of not being that good of a steward. All right. Well, Senator, we got to go. Thank you for your time. Okay. Thank you much. Bye. That's Senator Ray Holmberg, Republican from Grand Forks. This is the Rob Report on 970 WDY AM 93.1 FM. Don't go away. done uh, talking to Senator Ray Holmberg about the those breathe ND severances, which I'm sorry, they were egregious. And, you know, that was something I heard a lot yesterday in the deal when I wrote about this is people were saying, well, you know, why didn't the legislature, why didn't they, you know, they're the ones who left this loophole open. Well, here's the thing is lawmakers are going to trust that the people who run these agencies are going to be good, you know, responsible with taxpayer dollars. And let's face it, most state agencies are, you know, I, I, we can agree or disagree about how taxpayer dollars are spent. That's an endless debate. But for the most part, most agencies aren't spending the dollars egregiously. Uh, this one did. Uh, it took the legislature by surprise. And here's the thing is when the legislature goes the other way and they try to put in place protections on how that sort of money is spent, then they get accused of micromanaging, which is, is not an unfair accusation because there's a reason why we have people, we employ people in these other agencies, right? It's it's different branches of government. The legislature sets the budgets. The legislature sets policy. And then 
these other agencies carry that out, but they should be allowed a degree of discretion in how they go about doing that. So I don't, I don't want to create a situation where the legislature is managing all, you know, micromanaging all these other, all these other agencies. I don't think the lawmakers want to do that either. They're part-time people. They don't got time for that. So I, I think what we need is just maybe a better sort of person serving in state government, better than the sort of people we had serving in Breathe ND, unfortunately. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Email talk at wday.com. Jamie emails, you know, earlier in the program we were talking about these new uh, JFK documents that were coming out, and we were talking about conspiracy theories. And then that the, the discussion everybody always had, you know, if you went back, if you could go back in time, would you kill Hitler or would you, you know, would you save JFK? Uh, Jamie says, I would go back and stop our government from training Saddam Hussein and Osama bin Laden. Yeah, well, there's a lot of mistakes like that we could probably go back in time and take a stab at stopping. Whether or not you actually could, though, right? I mean, because that's always that's always a subplot of the movies and the books and the TV shows and stuff about that is when you change that, what else do you change? On the stopping right? the training ones seem a little bit more complicated because that's not like a singular incident. Shooting JFK is a singular incident. Right. Where if you just like shoved Lee Harvey Oswald over, bada bing, bada boom. Right. Like you joggle his elbow a little bit. Maybe he misses. Or and, you just, uh, you know, slap the gun down. Pow. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, whatever it is. But then, I mean, are we guaranteed a good outcome like the other way? Right. Like if JFK lives, are we certain that that was a better thing? I mean, and that sounds horrible, I guess. Obviously, I don't I didn't want the guy to be murdered. But, you know, I mean, that that's always the thing it supposes is when you mess with a with a moment like that. Do you really improve things? You would think, right, if, if somebody doesn't get murdered, I think we'd all like to believe that would be a better situation. But is it? I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, that I guess that's the question that those stories try to answer. I, you know, things happen the way they did. And we know what all the ramifications were and what happened since. But, you know, what what do we do when you try to undo something? I guess that's the paradox of time travel is, you know, you undo things. What what do you change, right? What what ripples, what ripple effects does that have? I don't know. I don't know. It's making my brain hurt just thinking about it. <laughs> I, hate, I hate time travel stories. I, I think they're just... Because there's so many variables. Like, you've got to think about all that stuff that you could possibly change. Right? Why Why would you just think it's a good thing? Like, why would you just automatically assume, I let's just not even monkey with stuff like that? Also, time travel can't possibly ever have happened yet because people would be traveling back in time now, right? Like, we'd have met these people by now. I feel like we would. Unless they're really good at their job. Unless they're really good at their job. Which... I, I feel like if we develop time travel, you know the government's controlling that. And let's face it, government, not that good at their jobs. 701-293-9000, Email talk at WDAY.com. Caller, Rich, you're up. Yeah, we were, ju- we were just discussing that time travel thing. It, it'll never be invented because nobody's ever came back yet. Yeah. Well, but, but what if they're coming back, but they're all like super stealthy secret agents? <laughs> you can't keep a secret. Yeah. Can you? I, the, the, well, uh, I, well, I don't know. Maybe I. Well, can I keep a secret? I don't. I think I can keep secrets pretty well. But I, I am hardly going to be on anybody's recruitment list to be a secret self stealthy agent. Well, this this JFK thing. Who, who could ever? You know, who could keep that secret forever if it was a conspiracy? Yeah, I, I see. I, I think I think there's a lot of truth in that. Now, I'm not going to say it's impossible to keep secrets because sometimes. 
Sometimes, maybe, but I, I just think, as a general rule of thumb, I think we overestimate the government's competence in in this area. I really do. <laughs> right? I, I don't. I don't think. That, I don't. I honestly team. don't think the CIA is that competent. Well, we just had a movie in theaters. It's still in theaters with Tom Cruise in it about how the CIA was, you know, working with drug dealers and everything else. Like they didn't really do a great job of keeping all that stuff secret. I mean, they're not as uber competent as we'd like to believe they are. Thanks for the call, Rich. Appreciate it. 701 293 Email talk at com. This is the Rob Report. We're heading into hour two. We'll start with the rundown. Don't go away. got done uh, talking to Senator Ray Holmberg about the those Green ND severances, which I'm sorry, they were egregious. And, you know, that was something I heard a lot yesterday in the deal when I wrote about this is people were saying, well, you know, why didn't the legislature, why didn't they, you know, they're the ones who left this loophole open. Well, here's the thing is lawmakers are going to trust that the people who run these agencies are going to be good, you know, responsible with taxpayer dollars. And let's face it, most state agencies are, you know, I, I, we can agree or disagree about how taxpayer dollars are spent. That's an endless debate. But for the most part, most agencies aren't spending the dollars egregiously. Uh, this one did. Uh, it took the legislature by surprise. And here's the thing is when the legislature goes the other way and they try to put in place protections on how that sort of money is spent, then they get accused of micromanaging, which is, is not an unfair accusation because there's a reason why we have people, we employ people in these other agencies, right? It's it's different branches of government. The legislature sets the budgets. The legislature sets policy. And then these other agencies carry that out. But they should be allowed a degree of discretion in how they go about doing that. So I don't... I don't want to create a situation where the legislature is managing all, you know, micromanaging all these other all these other agencies. I don't think the lawmakers want to do that either. They're part-time people. They don't got time for that. So I, I think what we need is just maybe a better sort of person serving in state government, better than the sort of people we had serving in Breathe ND, unfortunately. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Email talk at WDAY.com. Jamie emails. You know, earlier in the program we were talking about these new uh, JFK documents that were coming out. And we were talking about conspiracy theories, and then that the the discussion everybody always had. You know, if you went back, if you could go back in time, would you kill Hitler, or would you, you know, would you save JFK? Uh, Jamie says, "I would go back and stop our government from training Saddam Hussein and Osama bin Laden." Yeah, well, there's a lot of mistakes like that. We could probably go back in time and take a stab at stopping. Whether or not you actually could, though, right? I mean, because that's always that's always a subplot of the movies and the books and the TV shows and stuff about that is. When you change that, what else do you change? Well, the stopping right? the training ones seem a little bit more complicated because that's not like a singular incident. Shooting JFK is a singular incident. Right. Where if you just like shoved Lee Harvey Oswald over, bada bing, bada boom. Right. Like you joggle his elbow a little bit. Maybe he misses. Or and, you just, uh, you know, slap the gun down. Whoop-pow. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, whatever it is. But then, I mean, are we guaranteed a good outcome like the other way? 
right? Like if JFK lives, are we certain that that was a better thing? I mean, and that sounds horrible, I guess. Obviously, I don't, I didn't want the guy to be murdered, but you know, I mean, that, that's always the thing it supposes is when you mess with a, with a moment like that, do you really improve things? You would think, right? If, if somebody doesn't get murdered, I think we'd all like to believe that would be a better situation, but is it? I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, that, I guess that's the question that those stories try to answer. I, you know, things happen the way they did, and we know what all the ramifications were and what happened since. But, you know, what, what do we do when you try to undo something? I guess that's the paradox of time travel is, you know, you undo things. What, what do you change, right? What, what ripples, what ripple effects does that have? I don't know. I don't know. It's making my brain hurt just thinking about it. I hate <laughs> I hate time travel stories. I, I think they're just because there's so many variables. Like you've got to think about all that stuff that you could possibly change. Right. Why Why would you just think it's a good thing? Like, why would you just automatically assume I let's just not even monkey with stuff like that. Also, time travel can't possibly ever have happened yet because people would be traveling back in time now. Right. Like we'd have met these people by now. I feel like we would. Unless they're really good at their job. Unless they're really good at their job. Which, I, I feel like if we develop time travel, you know the government's controlling that. And let's face it, government, not that good at their jobs. 701-293-9000, email talk at WDAY.com. Caller, Rich, you're up. Yeah, we were just, we were just discussing that time travel thing. It, it'll never be invented because nobody's ever came back yet. Yeah. Well, but, but what if they're coming back, but they're all like super stealthy secret agents? <laughs> You can't keep a secret. Yeah. Can you? I, the, the, well, uh, I, well, I don't know. Maybe. I. Well, can I keep a secret? I don't. I think I can keep secrets pretty well. But I, I am hardly going to be on anybody's recruitment list to be a secret stealthy agent. Well, this this JFK thing. Who, who could ever? You know, who could keep that secret forever if it was a conspiracy? Yeah. I, I see. I, I think. I think there's a lot of truth in that. Now, I'm not going to say it's impossible to keep secrets because sometimes. Sometimes, maybe, but I, I just think, as a general rule of thumb, I think we overestimate the government's competence in in this area. I really do. <laughs> right? I, I don't. I don't think. That, I don't. I honestly don't think the CIA is that competent. Well, we just had a movie in theaters. It's still in theaters with Tom Cruise in it about how the CIA was, you know, working with drug dealers and everything else. Like they didn't really do a great job of keeping all that stuff secret. I mean, they're not as uber competent as we'd like to believe they are. Thanks for the call, Rich. Appreciate it. 701 293 Email talk at wadaycom This is the Rob Report. We're heading into hour two. We'll start with the rundown. Don't go away. On their ships. And... This, I mean, they would sail all the way from Nantucket to Massachusetts, all the way south, around South America, and then into the Pacific. And this this boat was attacked by a whale. And it's actually it's the real story that inspired Moby Dick. Oh, uh, by Herman Melville. But they I, they were a similar thing. Like when, when after the whale attacked their ship, their ship went down. It was the Essex, uh, and they they survived in like lifeboats, like like wooden rowboats, for months on end oh, as well. Geez. Uh, and they ended up eating each other, so that was kind of gross. Okay, but. well, let's change the topic then. I got From one cannibalism, <laughs> let's move on. I've got one more story for you. People are outraged that Sophia the Robot has more rights than most women in Saudi Arabia. Wait. 
I'm okay, not, who's, who's Sophia the Robot? I'm not kidding you. Sophia the Robot is a robot made by American firm Hanson Robotics. Uh, she has the most sophisticated artificial intelligence available on the planet right now. All right. And Saudi Arabia has made her an, a, a citizen. They've, given, they've granted her citizenship. And... People are upset because the actual women, the actual, like the robot, could drive a car, and the actual well, women can't. Stuff no, like that. Uh, the 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 robot is female, is portrayed as female, and she neither is required to wear the appropriate clothing that Saudi uh, that Saudi women are required to wear, nor does she have to be accompanied by a male companion. <laughs> and so people are it. It seems kind of yeah. stupid, but when you think about it, I mean, people are tweeting things like. You know, oh, I I hope someday I'll grow up to be Sophia the robot and have her rights. Yeah, I, you know, it's it's kind of it's like new world technology meets Stone Age religion. It's it's kind of it's kind of sad. It's uh, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, you wonder if it's not a problem. I mean, you wonder how that sort of. I mean, it, it does. It sounds funny, but you wonder like when that sort of cognitive dissonance begins to exist in society how long those old standards can can survive i don't know think much longer i I think the bigger question is what are we going to do when she gains complete sentience yeah you know what's interesting like i i guess i don't really see these in saudi arabia but like iran like they they have like these old pictures from like the 60s of like women in bikinis and like just sort of normal living in iran before like their their religious revolution where everybody's like wearing burkas and everything now, and I mean, and that, that they went back. I mean, I would never thought that was possible that they could put that toothpaste back in the tube. Like once people are used to living that way, that they would ever in in mass be willing to go back to the old ways. But I guess I don't know. Weird things happen. Well, that's it. Nateel, wrap it up. All right, you're listening to AM 970 WDAY 93.1 FM, and that's the rundown. Welcome back, Rob Port on 970 WDAY AM 93.1 FM. 701-293-9000. You want to join the program? 888-970-9329. Email talk at WDAY.com. And until earlier in the program, we were talking about uh, the Breathe ND state agency. It was the Center for Tobacco Prevention and Control is what it was actually called. And then they used the name Breathe ND for their ads and stuff like that. Uh, legislature shut them down, but on the way out the door, they gave themselves some pretty hefty severance. Nine employees got more than $400,000 in pay and health benefits for six months, uh, which was about twice. You know, I, I think Senator Holmberg pointed out that, you know, when, when they were doing the voluntary buyout separations with other state employees, you know, they averaged about, you know, a little over 18000 per employee or maybe less than 18000 I don't know, around 18000 uh, the Breathe ND employees averaged over $44,000 per employee, which is just wow. Uh, anyway, emailer says, uh, Rob, I'm a smoker, and last November, North Dakota voted against a cigarette tax hike, but I've noticed my Marlboros have gone up in price over 75 cents. Do you know anything about an increase in the tax? Uh, and I don't. I, I th- There is, I mean, here in North Dakota, our tax hasn't changed. 
that doesn't necessarily mean that it didn't change like at the federal level. I guess I'm not aware uh, of a change at the federal level. Maybe there is or maybe there's some other change. I, I don't know. Um, and, and tobacco is, you know, obviously it's a crop. And so maybe if something happened with the tobacco crop, I don't know. Have you heard anything about that, Natil, about why the price may have gone up? No, and I, I don't. I guess I would need to know, like, if the price has gone up a similar amount on other brands Pro- of cigarettes. Because yeah. if it's just Marlboro, then it might be a a company decision. Like, they may have just decided to hike their yeah. prices. Yeah. I, well, and, and maybe, and again, maybe it's driven by their tobacco supply. You know, maybe, I don't know, maybe there's a crop shortage or somewhere. I mean, you're talking about a commodity, and those prices go up and down. So, I don't know. But it wasn't the tax. North Dakota didn't change our tax. And I'm pretty sure the federal tax didn't change, but I could be wrong. I'm not sure. Uh, 701-293-9000, 888-970-9329, email talk at WDAY.com. You know, until this week, I've been talking about um, this uh, move in the environmental left on sort of embracing violent activity or, or even illegal activity uh, as a way of promoting their political point of view. And, you know, we saw it with the Dakota Access Pipeline where a lot of people made excuses for, you know, the the antics of the protesters because they thought the cause was just. Um, you know, we have Chase Ironize, former uh, co- uh, congressional candidate for the North Dakota Democrats, uh, who is also a no-dapple activist, uh, who is on trial now and is is making what, what's called the lesser evil defense or, or the nece- necessity defense, you know, basically saying that his illegal actions, you know, were necessary because of the threat posed by the pipeline well i i think to illustrate the point i'm making about how these sort of extreme tactics are being embraced by the left get this there is an anti-pipeline video game that is being put out uh i quote this is from this is from fox news uh i quote an, uh, an assistant professor at michigan state university created a game that allows users to destroy imaginary pipelines uh, something one energy industry group claims is tantamount to taxpayer-funded encouragement of, quote, eco-terrorism. Uh, the game, which was paid for in part by Minnesota taxpayers via a grant, allows players to wipe out pipelines and machinery, uh, but the developer says it doesn't advocate violence, Fox 17 reported. MSU Assistant Professor of Media and Information Elizabeth Lapensi, I think that's how you pronounce that, uh, the creator of Thunderbird Strike, says the game is only meant to be artistic and educational. Uh, it is not, and it, it is not, it certainly is not encouraging anyone to commit equal terrorism, uh, LaPensi said, adding that people should play for themselves before passing judgment. Uh, but Toby Mack, president of Energy Builders, a Washington, D.C.-based group that advocates for builders of energy infrastructure, says it supports illegal behavior, such as vandalizing a pipeline that could endanger real lives. Uh, we call on Michigan State University to pull the plug immediately on this taxpayer-funded political campaign and reject any so-called educational program designed to encourage eco-terrorism or other bad behavior. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, generally, I don't like the idea because obviously, you 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 know, video games allow you to do a lot of things that you can't do in real life, like jack cars or shoot people or you know, do all sorts of stuff. I have never bought into the idea that video games create violence. I think, as a matter of fact, if you look at violent crime rates in the United States, as video games, you know, became more realistic and more prominent and and more people playing them, violent crime actually went down. 
so if anything, I'm not s- suggesting correlation is necessarily causation, but certainly we didn't see violent crime spike with all these violent video games. So I, I don't buy the idea generally that video games cause people to want to go out. Like, I don't think if you play Grand Theft Auto that you're going to go out and start jacking cars. I just don't. I think that's very simplistic and very stupid. And so I guess I can't say that I think people are going to play this video game. And it, this video game is probably getting more attention from all of this than it ever would have before. But I don't think people are going to play this and go out and start vandalizing pipelines. Um, and that being said, I, th- I think what bothers me is that vandalizing pipelines is something that's been happening in the world. And it is very da- it is a very dangerous thing to do. There is a faction, a political movement in this country that has embraced those sort of tactics. And I, I don't know that I'm comfortable with glorifying that. Um, you know, I, I don't, I, I'm, I'm not comfortable with glorifying that, I guess is the problem. I mean, because obviously I think the video game is intended as a political statement and I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's a responsible one. It certainly shouldn't be paid for by taxpayers. What are we doing giving taxpayer grants for video games? I don't know. More to come straight ahead. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Email talk at WDAY.com. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Try your best. Try everything. Welcome back, Rob Report, 970 WDY AM, 93.1 FM. 701-293-9000, Email talk at WDY.com. You know, yesterday, until we had uh, sort of a story breaking late in the show about a UND professor saying that he was, he was hanging it up at UND. Uh, he was, he, uh, his name's Mark Trahant. He was... Uh, the Charles R. Johnson Endowed Professor of Journalism. Um, he's and he's. It's a three-year stint. He's he's quitting at the end of his current term, which I think ends in like April or something like that. Um, so anyway, he's he's hanging it up. I actually invited him on the program today, uh, and he didn't want to come on. Uh, he initially he had said yes. I called him yesterday after the show. Uh, he had said yes at that point, uh, and then he emailed me this morning and said he didn't want to come on. He felt like. Uh, my mind on the matter was already made up. I made the argument to him that I felt like people who disagree ought to talk to each other. We need more of that in this country right now. And he just, uh, he didn't respond to that. So uh, I think that's unfortunate. I did reach out because he is claiming in his original claim, he was basically saying he was disappointed, disgusted, uh, in, in the university of North Dakota. Um, here, here's his original statement from yesterday. He said, I quote, I have decided to not renew my term as an endowed chair at the University of North Dakota. It really comes down to this. I am disappointed and disgusted that the university is not an institutional leader in the state. It should be a beam of light shining on the protected realm of rational discourse. Last year, for example, I was asked to coordinate a journalism lecture series. I proposed hearing from the journalists who covered Standing Rock. Nope. Instead, the series was, quote, put on hold. This year, I suggested a conference on technology and society, again, leading with a conversation about Standing Rock and social media. Again, no, and I learned about senior administration fears that the legislature might retaliate. I understand that it's important to keep fighting, but when your institution is absent, 
Well, for me, this chapter ends. So essentially, he's saying, I wanted to do stuff about No Dapple and Standing Rock, uh, and he's frustrated because the university wouldn't let that happen, supposedly because they're afraid of retaliation from um, from the legislature, some sort of p- political retaliation. I did get a comment from UND spokesman Peter Johnson. Uh, he said, and you can read the full thing at sayanythingblog.com. He says, in part, the University of North Dakota senior administration has never, to my knowledge, and that includes conversations today, expressed any fear of retaliation by the North Dakota legislature or by North Dakota legislators related to academic content. Nor has the North Dakota legislature or any North Dakota legislators ever, in my experience, given the new University of North Dakota any indication that there should be cause for any fear. Uh, the university has engaged in all sorts of topics in ways that explore the full spectrum of positions related to those topics. Uh, in fact, President Mark Kennedy and First Lady Debbie Kennedy founded the Eye of the Hawk Lecture Series to explore all kinds of issues from all angles. The lecture series was developed uh, with the notion that you have to be able to look at a topic from all angles to broaden your views. Uh, he continues, at the same time, the university has to make decisions about expenditures. Not every lecture topic is funded by the university, particularly in times of fiscal constraint. That doesn't preclude individuals from seeking alternative funding sources. So they're essentially saying, hey, we didn't stop him. Uh, we might have chosen uh, not to fund this particular lecture, but he was free to go out and find his own funding if he wanted to. So I, I don't know. I mean, I guess a little bit of of different opinions i i think mr trahant if, if you look at his his work online he is definitely left of center i mean there's just no there's just no two ways about it he's left of center i'm right of center i'm not saying there's anything wrong with that but you know i mean if he wanted to have a discussion about the Dakota access pipeline i think that would be great and i think all sides should be invited i'm not sure that because it didn't get university funding that that in and of itself is in, indicating that you know there's there's not interest in, in having that. Um, and, and by the way, uh, you know, uh, Johnson in his statement to me uh, said, I quote, the topic wasn't new to the North Dakota University system. There had been a session on DAPL during the NDUS Fine Arts and Humanities Summit in September 2016. So, you know, saying, you know, this is sort of duplicative. We've already done this, uh, you know, and I, I guess we can agree or disagree. But, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I think it's disappointing that he wouldn't come on the program, though, Natil. Um, you know, if, if for somebody who's saying, hey, I want to have a lecture, I want to start a discussion like this, well, I'm offering him an opportunity. Let's discuss it. What's the problem? You know, I mean, he, he felt he felt his announcement was important enough. He put it on social media. Why not come on the radio? Have a talk. I don't I don't agree with his politics on this, but that's OK. We could talk about it. I, I, I hate that that's where so many people are in this country right now is I can't talk to you because you don't agree with me, you know? And that's essentially what he said in his email to me, this UND professor, uh, Mark Trahan. I mean, basically saying, you know, you've already made up your mind. You've already described me as a left-wing professor. Well, you are a left-wing professor as evidenced by the stuff that you have written online. Like you publish stuff. It's politically left of center. That's an objective fact. It's not, I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm not saying that even necessarily discredits what he has to say. I'm just saying he's a left-of-center guy. That's okay, but let's talk. I, I don't know, Natil. It, it drives me nuts. Why can't we talk? Why can't we talk more in this country? It's, it's hard, and that's something that frustrates 
me as well. I, I wish she had come on to, to have a discussion. Yeah. And I'm substantially left-wing. It, it's hard. I'm not going to shout at him. I'm not going to call him dirty names. No, it, it's, it's hard to, to get anything. I mean, it's impossible to get anything done right now in this country. And we see that on pretty much every level that there is government. Everything from city to state to federal. Because we don't talk to each other. Because yeah. we get so wrapped up in the extreme ideas of the other side that it becomes impossible to see the other side as people. We just see them as the faceless enemy. Right. The enemy. That's exactly right. We see them as the enemy. We see them as the other side. We see them as not worth talking to. They don't have anything to add to the... To, to the and, and that is... That is a problem in saying that, you know, you, you're only motivated in tax reform because you hate poor people, right? Or, or you're only motivated in health care reform, you know, you don't care about, uh, you know, the poor people or whatever. Uh, or, you know, nasty things that the right says about the left. I mean, we say these nasty things about each other, and then we, because we begin to believe those things, right? I mean, when you believe the other side's just a bunch of racist, Nazi, awful people, then you don't have to talk to them. And if you don't, but then if you don't talk to them, then what happens? Well, what happens is what we've got at the national level right now, which is gridlock, nothing gets done, chaos, turmoil, to our detriment. To our detriment. Uh, you know, it's it's just it's not a good thing. So it, it disappoints me. It, it disappoints me. But this attitude is not uncommon. I mean, it's it is not uncommon for people on the left in North Dakota to, to not want to talk to me because I'm on the right. Uh, and that's I think that's hugely unfortunate because I want to talk to those people. I want to hear from them. I want to I want to debate with them. Let's start. Let's start a conversation. Let's talk. And then at the end of it. Still believe that we could be good people even though we disagree. So, anyway, I wish you'd come on. I think we could have had a very interesting discussion about journalism, a very interesting discussion about the Dakota Access Pipeline protests, and a very interesting discussion about his time at UND and I guess what he perceives as, uh, you know, a, a lack of, of the institution standing up for, you know, academic expression. I think that would have been a fun conversation to have, even if I had disagreed with him. All right, we'll wrap the show up after this. 701-293-9000, Email talk at WDAY.com. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Welcome back, Rob Report, 970 WDAY AM, 93.1 FM. 701-293-9000, 888-970-9329. Email talk at WDAY.com. has Jay Thomas made it into the studio yet? He's sort of been wandering around. Have you seen his hair? No. It's pink. Is it all pink now? It's all pink. Jay, is your hair all pink? Well, Jay's hair is it? all pink. Yeah, it's you all pink. <laughs> You look silly on Facebook, I got to say. It's kind of amazing. Your skin tone doesn't necessarily lend itself well to pink hair, Jay. No. I'm no, sorry. No man's you look, hair. You look, no you man's, look sickly. Listen. You, look, you, look, you don't look good. Listen, you two knotheads. 
No man's skin tone looks good with pink. No, this, you've, you've got sort of like that, that ruddy skin tone. It's, it's is, reddish. That's because I was just outside. I, and and oh, by the way, I, I beg to differ. I could totally pull off pink. Really? Well, let's see I, you do I it can, I can make pink look manly. Let's see you do it. Man it up, man. Well, I'm not, I'm not dying my hair. I don't got that much hair left to dye. Huh? Well, Jay know. doesn't have a whole lot either. No, I don't. For breast cancer awareness, come on, you too. No. No, it's, no, it's a good cause. I yeah. just, you still look silly. Well, of course I look silly. Well, tell us about it. You raised $5,000. Now, uh, West Fargo Mayor Rich Matter, and this is the second year he's done it. Last year, right. uh, if he raised 5000 he'd shave the mustache off he had for like 30 years. And, and he didn't grow it back because, uh, well, people were telling him he looked younger. <laughs> uh, whatever. Uh, <laughs> so so this wow. year it was if he raised, for every $1,000 that was raised, he'd put a pink streak in his hair. And I said, well, I had him on the air. I said, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll jump in on that with you. I'll help you out. Not that he needed any help doing it. You volunteered for this. Yeah, I told him. Yeah, I said, yeah, I'll wow. be part of it for you. So you didn't have to do it alone. And then, uh, lo and behold, the money started rolling in. So, next thing you know, now there's... over $5,000. Now, if we get to $10,000, the West Fargo police chief and the West Fargo fire chief both have to dye their hair pink. Oh, because <laughs> well, okay. it started with a, a pink ribbon. Yeah, a ribbon like the, in my hair. the uh, cancer awareness ribbon that had gotten shaved in and, and, then she dyed, and it, yeah, dyed in. Yeah. And now it's just, now it's all pink. I got a ribbon in the back. They redid the ribbon in the back. So uh-huh. there's a ribbon back there, too. So, so are you, uh, pink. so, so where, where do, where do people donate to I make this feel happen? Pretty. Oh, oh so, so pretty. pretty. You don't uh, look you, pretty. If you go to, uh, uh, Rich Matters Facebook page, the link is there. Or okay. you can go to the city of West Fargo's, uh, uh, website, just cityofwestfargo.com.gov, whatever it is. So yeah, how are you feeling? I mean, are you, are, you, are, you, are you feeling like this is this a lifestyle change for feel, you? Are you going to keep I, this? I feel pretty. <laughs> you feel pretty? <laughs> you know, just, <laughs> please here, grow fast, man. Grow fast. I keep my I keep my head almost shaved anyway. So. You, know what, you know what's going to look great is when it's growing out. When no, it's like half, like when you, you got like that. No, because I never, I never grow my hair, so. It, well, and honestly, it'll fade before it starts growing out. Yeah, the those, uh, those really ribbon in, faded fast. Yeah, the really intense colors don't last very yeah. long. I mean... I don't know anything about hair dye. It was, what, about two years ago now when I dyed my hair purple? Oh, that's right, yeah. And it, yeah. it only it only lasted a few weeks. And did some people freak out about it? Yeah, we it's had... It's like, so what? We had, we had more than just one person freak out a little bit about Good it. Good Lord. Who was freaking out about your hair being purple? Oh, I can't remember who people. it was. It, it, was, it wasn't professional, is yeah. what I was... It's like, come on, you're on the radio. She works in radio. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody sees my face. It's part of radio, man. <laughs> I don't, I'm not even going to tell you guys what I'm wearing right now. Uh, I don't want to know. Pink tutu? Yeah, no. <laughs> don't, t- don't tell me. Don't, don't, don't tell me. We'll keep that. We'll keep that. I'll have to call right. HR. <laughs> yeah. What do you got coming up on your show, Jay? Uh, let's see. My buddy Dave Jacobs, he's been doing this for years. He's a morning host over at another radio station here in town. It's called Crypt at Jacobs Manor. And it's just, this, this guy is so into... Haunted houses. This thing is just a wicked place. And what he does is he accepts like uh, canned goods for the food shelves for you to go enter oh, and, yeah. and go walk around. So the final weekend is this weekend. So my buddy Dave will be on. Uh, there's a, a project that's been going on in West Fargo on 13th Avenue, one of the main thoroughfares. And it's really tied things up for the last month or so. And uh, Public Works Director Chris Brumgart's going to be on at 235 to uh, let us know when that project's going to wrap up. I know it's coming to an end. Eric Johnson and I will talk a little sports. Say Kyle uh, for a little bit, we got the uh, Viking final score coming up. Your chance to win a fifty dollars gift certificate, three lines pub, and we're going to talk about sobriety checkpoints. We got another one going on here in in Cass County, and and uh, what people uh, what they really think of these things. If they're uh, if they think they're uh, they're something that should continue, or do they think that uh, you know what uh, it's a, it's a waste of taxpayer dollars and it's not really accomplishing anything? All right, well, looking forward to that. Yeah, and I tried a food product that I said I would never never try. I tried it. I got to tell you. I really, really like it. 
I don't know what's happening to you, man. Jay, I'm <laughs> hearing from the big boss man that you got to go. I got to go. You got to go. Who's the big boss man? Kyle. This guy? Yeah. I ain't the boss man. All right. Uh, so all that and more coming up here in just minutes. So all Jay right. Thomas Show. All right. Stay afternoon. tuned for the Jay Thomas Show. You know what? <laughs> the deal we were. 93.1 FM. <laughs> I just shut him off. <laughs> we, uh, you know, you know, a little bit ago until we were talking about, I was, I was trying to get that, uh, Mark Trahant on. He didn't want to come on. I yeah, guess yeah. I'm a, a right winger or something. Emailer James says, uh, because it's impossible to have a conversation with you, Rob. I guess that's why people, you know, don't come on because it's impossible to have a conversation with you. I don't you, know about which... that. I, I changed your mind on, on, uh, trigger warnings. Yeah. To a point. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I got a different perspective on that. I'm open minded. I mean, the thing about me is like, I'm not, I'm not I'm not just going to agree with you, right? Like I'm willing to have the discussion. I'm not going to shout at you. I'm not going to call you names, but I I mean you may not change my mind. You may just have to live with the fact that I just disagree with you. Having you know, a yeah, just, exactly. Having a discussion doesn't equate to bringing someone over to your side of see, I I, th- I think th- I think that's the mistake a lot of people make when they talk about politics. They get into this stuff and then they think that they're going to change people's minds. And the thing is is you're probably not. I have been doing this for 14 years and I could probably count less than 10 people who I've whose mind I, I I feel like that have contacted me anyway that have emailed me and said you know what? you made a really good point you changed my mind that it just doesn't happen that often now now maybe people evolve over time or they'll have a different perspective and I, I think it's always illuminating I mean I'm always trying to seek out people who disagree with me or, or points of view that disagree with me and and try to if nothing else understand what their arguments are so that I might rebut them better but you know, I, I think that's the problem is this we, we're, we've allowed in our minds this idea that we can dismiss people who disagree with us because and I, I think it's just intellectual laziness. Like we just don't have to talk to those people. They're not worth talking to. They're too far left or too far right. They're too belligerent. They're too nasty. They're too awful. They're racist. They're Nazis. They're communists. They're whatever. It's just excuses. That's all it is. It's it's a bunch of excuses so that you don't have to do the hard work of defending your point or defending your position. That's what it is, James. So no, I, I think I think lots of people can have. I have conversations all day. I spend my entire days debating with people, arguing with people. It's a lot of fun. Caller Joe, we got about a minute. Joe, got to hurry up. What's up? Okay, uh, I just uh, yesterday you had Campbell on. Yeah, and uh, I just don't know. Do you think? About the farm subsidies, here's what okay. Here's what makes me mad. I got I know a guy at farm and he was bitching about a person on farm food stamps and boy did he get mad. But uh, I think know, I, 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 I think the I, I I think the problem with with the subsidies because it's not a simple thing. I mean, they're available, right? And it's I think it's kind of hard to farm these days and avoid them. You know, I mean, it's they're in the marketplace. Like your your competitors in the farming industry are going to take them. Do you have a choice if you're a farmer? I mean, is it really a choice at this point? If they didn't want to take them, could they survive as farmers? Right, I'm not so complain, sure. Don't you know. complain about the person on the food stamps where there's some of the there's abuse on both sides. Though. There is. I oh, I agree. I think any government program there's abuse. I you know I I think food stamps there's abuse. I think. You know, uh, you know, and, and again, I, I don't know that there's necessarily anything wrong with a safety net for farmers. I don't know that there's anything wrong with food stamps as a safety net. But as with anything, we got to make sure it's not too excessive and that it's not abused. Thanks for the call, Joe. Appreciate it. That's it for me. Jay Thomas show coming up next. You can always get me here 12 to 2 p.m. Monday through Friday, 24 hours a day, seven days a week at sayanythingblog.com. Thanks for listening. We'll talk again.